Welcome back to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur podcast. This is episode number seven, and I'm your host, Katherine Thompson. Thank you, as always, for tuning into this episode. We are diving into how to transition well from corporate life to running your own business, a topic I know all too well, right? And this question came directly from one of our pod squad team members, Ravina, and it's a question I get asked often by people. So stick around. That's all coming up next on Be the Sought After Entrepreneur podcast. After generating over a million dollars in sales and selling one of her businesses with a single email, your host, Katherine Thompson, takes an unconventional approach to marketing and sales. So if you're ready to tap into a more powerful way to be seen, heard, and a sought-after entrepreneur in your industry without having to spend endless hours marketing your business and chasing clients, you're in the right place. Be the Sought-After Entrepreneur Podcast is here to help you ditch the cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach to marketing and use your unique energy to effortlessly attract the most aligned clients. When you do this, you can spend less time marketing your business and more time doing your soul work and enjoying the richness of your life. Welcome to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. And here's your host, Katherine Thompson. Hey, hey, to all my listeners, I am super stoked to have you here today tuning in as I answer one of the most commonly asked questions that I get that isn't in relation to messaging or copywriting or launching and scaling your business, basically. But it's how to transition out of corporate life into running your own business. And as always, as I reflect, evolve and expand my knowledge and experience, my response shifts and it's changed even over the last five years. And it's why I never want you to hang on to every single word I say as gospel. Because like any coach or mentor or somebody you look up to, they're just like you. They're no different than you, actually. And they are, you know, living this imperfect life, navigating this universe, learning, changing and growing all the time. So what was true for me five years ago, that's when I dished my corporate career, isn't true for me anymore, right? I've had a lot of time to contemplate and really reflect on where things have gone and how my life has changed, right? And so your mentors or gurus or the people you look up to are really the same, right? They're evolving and changing. And so what was true for them, you know, a year ago or two is likely not true anymore. And so we've got to give people the grace and the patience and the openness to really allow them to evolve as you evolve as well, right? And to know that their message is going to shift, right? And if you don't know, we actually sold our brick and mortar in August of 2020. So lots has changed for me over the last year, which is true for a lot of people, especially with COVID, right? It really shook things up. It changed the way people worked. It changed the way people, you know, did business. It changed a lot of things. And as I look back over the last five years, I can say with some certainty, though, that I do have a clear idea now, right now in this moment, of what I would have done differently, but also what I think I did pretty well as I transitioned out of corporate, which was a 15-year journey for me. It was a huge part of my identity. You know, Craig and I, we don't have kids. So it was like a big part of who I was was wrapped up in this corporate marketing communications gig, right? So 
And I've always been pretty good at moving on and closing one door and reinventing myself. It's something a lot of my friends say to me all the time is like, you're just so good at reinventing yourself. You have all this courage to make these pivots and change with no fear. And that's what it might seem like on the outside. But trust me, you know, there's lots of things going on on the inside that might not necessarily be reflected as I'm making these pivots. And for me, this transition was so different than a lot of some of the other things that I did in my life, change jobs, you know, moved cities, all of those sorts of things. This was a little bit of a different transition. And I think it was because I had spent so much time in corporate. So my hope for you from this episode is to share my stories in hopes that it really does help you transition out of corporate well or pivot in your life or business, maybe turn that side hustle into a full-time gig, whatever that might be. But like most things I share, I don't have this cookie cutter one size fits all approach to the best way I transitioned or to assure you that, you know, the way that I did it was like the best way to do it. But what I can share with you is what I would have done differently what worked for me or think worked for me at the time, maybe I might have changed my perspective on that now, what I wish I knew before I made the leap, and really some solid advice people gave me that helped make the transition easier, right? We can all love our friends and family and all those people around us that can support us in offering us any type of advice to make that transition easier. So And the reason I don't have, like I said, this cookie cutter step by step process, like here's one, two, three steps to follow is because everybody's life and circumstances are different, right? So it would be totally out of integrity for me if I said do this and this and this and you won't experience any challenges or it'll make things a lot easier for you. Without really knowing your story or situation, it would totally be out of integrity for me to say that you should do something a certain way, right? So in saying that, let's dive in, shall we? The decisions that you make really need to be grounded in sort of that embodied truth. And most people, like I said, just aren't living this way. But if there's any advice that I can offer you before you make the leap, I know there's lots of people that are out there like, you know, make the leap and the net will appear. And while I understand sort of the analogy and the saying behind that, I just feel like it's a bit misleading, right? It's like just like free fall, right? And everything that I offer is trying to give you perspective, like from all angles and really paint a picture that's like, the true picture, right? So lots of entrepreneurs out there will say like, just make the leap and take action and do the thing. But they haven't shared with you all of the other things that have gone through their mind, right? And that's what I really hope to do with this particular episode is like my whole journey of transitioning out, right? So like I said, I made that decision, but from a place of like wanting to escape and making the decision to do that, but it didn't start like one day, I just decided and woke up and said, Hey, I'm gonna open this brick and mortar. Like, you know, the idea was pitched to me right before Christmas, and we did not open until like July, right? So I mean, that's like six months, basically, until this whole idea came to like full fruition, right? And it was kind of a lot of back and forth of like, who's going to take this role on and who's going to do it and all those sort of thing. And then we came to an agreement that, you know, I was willing to ditch my corporate career, because there was a part of me also that knew that I was never going back to corporate, right? And so this is a big one that I want you to ask yourself is when you're making this decision, right? Number one, are you making it from an aligned place? Are you doing it as a quick fix and escape from your current reality or circumstances? That's a big one, right? And if you're somebody that's like, yeah, I just want to start the business and make a bunch of money. And then hopefully, you know, I'll be able to ditch my corporate career and then figure things out as I go. You can certainly do that. That's what I did, right? And it was four years of a lot of frustration, a lot of resentment, a lot of like 
really not living in alignment. And what that looks like is like massive weight gain. It's unhappiness. It's like, I know lots of people didn't want to be around me. I complained a lot. I was stuck in the victim. You know, it was everybody else's fault that I was, you know, not happy and not living the life that I wanted to live. And I certainly didn't have the freedom that I perceived all entrepreneurs had. I mean, I had literally traded my corporate career, which was a nine to five with weekends off and paid vacation and you name it. And I traded that in for, you know, 16, 17 hour days. And I'm not saying that from a martyr perspective. I have people say to me, well, why did you choose to do that? Well, when you run a brick and mortar that's open retail hours throughout the week, somebody has to be there retail hours in order for it to operate, right? Which was me. And at the time, that's what I chose to do for sure. What I wasn't prepared for was all the back end work of producing wine, which is a lot of effort, a lot of labor, right? And so lots of evenings and weekends when the store wasn't open, we were there doing the brewing and the making and all of that sort of stuff, right? Which is things we didn't predict and we didn't know and 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 whatnot. Could we have maybe done more research? For sure we could have, right? I'm just sharing with you sort of like my journey in this. And so it was four years of like, not having the freedom and not taking vacations because there was a store to run, right? And that was the priority at the time. And so if anything, I traded a corporate career for basically three corporate careers is what it felt like. And so it was a massive wake up call for me. And I was miserable. Like at the end of the day, I was just miserable in in the decision that I had made. And it took about four years to finally decide, okay, this is the transition I want to make is out of the brick and mortar and selling it. But back to sort of making the decision at a corporate, I had known for a while, you know, I had been tossing ideas back and forth. And you know, what could I do like the year before I ever even opened? So it wasn't something that was like this new concept. And one of the things that, you know, again, like I said, I would do differently is I probably would have investigated more of what was the brick and mortar and what it entailed and all of that sort of thing. And so there was a bit of me being naive, but there's also a bit of like who I am, right? I'm the type of person that just like takes action and figures things out. As I go, sometimes that works out really well in my favor and sometimes it doesn't. And for some people, they don't operate with that sort of level of risk or uncertainty, right? I'll always say there's no real certainty in life and or business, and there's nothing you can really guarantee for certain, but some people need more planning. Some people need more certainty and what it's going to look like to make sure. And so if you're like me and figure things out as you go, you know, you'll probably resonate a little bit more with my story of what I would have done differently versus somebody who really wants to plan things out and make sure they've dotted all their I's and crossed their T's. And that's cool too. Then I would really suggest be in alignment when you make the decisions. And if you can at any point, talk to as many entrepreneurs in your space and in your industry of what it's really like. And if you can, and you're opening a brick and mortar, you could go work for somebody else or, you know, job shadow and see what it's like. Because I think had I done that, I probably would have been like, this isn't for me, or I don't really want to do this, or I'm getting a better sense of that. I went out after the contract was signed, I went out for training at a store for a week before our store opened. And so I kind of realized then like, holy smokes, I don't know if we've planned this as well as we thought we had planned it. And so lots of learning there. But, at you know, the bottom line is, is that the business itself, the model of business wasn't in alignment with what I actually desired. And I never really took the time to kind of look at that because I was always operating from like a desperate get me out of this situation. I want things to change mentality and mindset. 
And so I don't think I would have even realized it five years ago that like what I was doing, I realize it now because I've had time to reflect. And that's what I mean by like my whole truth has shifted as a result because of the reflection and the contemplation. And even as I got this question asked by Ravina, you know, to share on this, I reflected even more about it. Like, what did I actually learn and how did I do it well? And what would I have done differently? And really, for me, the bottom line is really assess what are you trying to achieve? What do you think that this move or this thing is going to bring you? And what is that sort of like deeper grounded purpose? And really get clear on that, because that will really help shape sort of the business model that you choose and also what you choose to do. Now, in saying that, you have every possibility in front of you to pivot and reinvent yourself. I did that. We sold the brick and mortar, right? There are opportunities to shift and pivot. So even though you make the decision right now in the moment doesn't mean you have to stick to it forever. And that's another big sort of learning for me is like, when we signed this deal, it was like, okay, this is like a big commitment. It's like 10, 25 year commitment. I just want you to know that that's just not true, that you can always pivot, shift and reinvent yourself. However, it can cause a lot of havoc if you do have business partners or you have people that are relying on you to be the sole operator or whatnot, right? You can really cause some havoc there. So just be mindful and kind of open-minded and just really make sure that you're standing in that truth and that the decisions that you are making aren't from a place of lack and scarcity and desperation to get out of the situation that you're in. So that's probably the biggest thing that I would have learned in what I would have done differently. Like I would have probably taken maybe even a little bit more time to sort of figure things out and how I want to do that. Now, in terms of like transitioning, like say you're, you know what you want to do and you're so passionate about that thing and you know the thing you're doing right now is not the thing fulfilling you. And so you're ready to rock. My advice or sort of input there is one of the things that I know I did really well in that transition was to ensure that I had like a bit of a safety net in terms of money or cash flow for me to live off of in the initial stages of the business so that if we weren't making money or money wasn't coming in, that I didn't feel the pressure to like make money. I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm poor. I can't pay my bills. Right. And I think oftentimes that's what happens is people make this leap because there's this like leap and the net will appear and just have faith. And while again, I get the analogy, it's like, what are all the practical things behind the scenes that we need to consider, right? And that's, you know, you do have to pay for your bills. And if you have a mortgage, or you got rent or all those sorts of things, you got to pay for those. It's not just like, oh, you know, I'll forget about that or take out a loan or whatever. I'm not a proponent of that. And so for me, I had saved three months of my salary, July, August and September. And so I didn't rely on the business to pay me. And this is especially true for brick and mortar that has a lot more overhead. If you are a product-based business, you're ordering inventory, right? You usually have inventory of some sort. So it's going to be very different for a service-based business or an online business where you don't have the inventory, you might not have, you know, as many costs. And so I would just take a look at what is required, obviously, to be paid monthly based on your overhead costs, whether you're brick and mortar, product-based, service-based business, whatever it is, and really take a look at those monthly costs and what you actually need to sell in order to pay the bills that you have to pay so that you're not A, going into debt as a result, but B, so that you know like, okay, if I don't make X sales in month one, two, three, four, then I have a bit of a security blanket. I don't feel the pressure because the feeling of the pressure to make money because you don't have money coming in and you got all these bills to pay just creates more scarcity and lack in your mind, right? If you've got all these pre 
agreements, mortgage, kids, whatever it might be, you're going to just add more pressure to yourself. And when we are from a place of pressure, what do we do? Quick fixes, escape, you know, desperation, right? We don't want that energy going into the business. And so for me, it was three months. For you, it could be six, it could be 12. Like whatever that is, some people are way better with risk than others. And so you just have to, again, get really clear on who you are and what is required for you to feel good, right? At the end of the day, it's about you feeling good and feeling grounded and feeling calm and feeling peaceful so that you don't, you know, you aren't under that pressure of desperation to make things happen in the first day, two or five. And I see that often, right? We are operating from that place of desperation and other people, you know, operate really well under risk or, you know, uncertainty. And that's me. I operate really well in uncertain situations, I operate really well under risk. And I operate really well in sort of chaos, right? I have a really good knack of like, smoothing things out or calming the seas, so to speak, or really bringing harmony to a team or a group of people that are facing that sort of like, I don't know what to do or freaking out, right? But not everybody's like that. And so you just have to really get clear on who you are and what you're about and why, you know, what feels good for you and what commitment, you know, is going to feel really good for you because you just don't want to be, like I said, in that situation where you feel that angst to like get shit done quickly, right? Or the pressure to get things done quickly because under that pressure is where I say that things, you know, start to become difficult and you create that resistance. Anytime we create that resistance, right? We sort of start to block our own abundance and block the things that we want to come come into our lives. And then we just end up, you know, our well-being isn't good. We're stressed out and we're, we're, you know, panicking that things aren't going to work. So that's really what I would have done differently. And then in terms of like planning for what that looks like, what worked for me was really setting aside sort of that three month nest so that I knew why three months, because I was certain that because we were selling a product and I was confident in the product we were selling that I could start to make sales pretty quickly. If I wasn't making sales in my business in the first three months of selling the product, I would have been really, really scared. That's why I chose the three months. Could I have done six months? Probably, you know, six months would have been great as well. But I just chose three. I think also just the time frame from the time we decided to the time we opened was like, that's really all I could save based on all, you know, the expenses that I had mortgage, all of that stuff. And again, this goes back to sort of your circumstances, of like, what are your costs? So for me, my costs were really relatively low, right? That's my circumstance. Craig and I own our property. My car at the time was paid off. Like I didn't have a lot of expenses. We don't have children. Like I didn't have debt that I was carrying that I needed to make payments on, right? So our situation was that but lots of times you might have debt, you might have credit card debt or lines of credits or whatever it is. And so you got to really get like, what is my cost that I need to cover every month, right? And getting clear on that so that you can assess, okay, what do I need to save? And what can I if I put this nest egg away to open and get my business up and running, you know, is that going to be sufficient, right? So it's really taking the time to do that. And then again, other people are like big planners, right? And again, I'm not, I'm not as structured when it comes to like planning every little detail. But if you're like a detail oriented person, and you really need that, then it's like coming up with a plan that works for you so that you feel good about it, right? And one thing that I wish I knew before I made the leap was, and I don't think we give ourselves enough grace or space to do that was some transition period out of corporate into the brick and mortar. So I never really took time off. And I've never done this in between jobs where I go from job to job, or corporate to entrepreneurship. And so I 
never gave myself a transition period or a break. And so I really, really think that that's so important is giving yourself a bit of a window to like not hit the ground running coming out of corporate. And I think that's why like the nest egg thing is a really great idea because, you know, you give yourself a little bit more space to sort of breathe. And that's why this past fall, when I finally transitioned out of the store, I took the month of October off. We packed the car and drove to the West coast of Canada and I didn't really work, you know? And the reason why was because I had never really taken a break in between life transitions. And what I noticed was when I went into from corporate to entrepreneurship, it was a huge part of my identity. And so it was like a piece of my identity had died. And it was like, what am I anymore? Right. And I know it sounds kind of silly or whatnot. But when we attach so much of our worth to the work that we do, it was like, what's my worth now? And I know it sounds so crazy. But it was like, I just remember feeling like, what have I done? Right? I remember getting to the store. And at the time when we first opened, it was like quiet. And I went from working in corporate and offices with tons of people and tons of energy, right? And then I went and started working like basically essentially by myself. And I felt like very isolated. And as an outgoing person who loves people and loves being around people being in a store for eight hours a day, especially in those early days alone, was like, maddening to me. And when you had one person walk through the door, right, it was really slow at the beginning, so to speak. But even throughout the day, you know, if you didn't have that interaction, there were days where we didn't, especially in those first three months, like, I almost went into a bit of a, you know, sort of melancholy or depressive state, because I was really craving people and interaction and conversation. And so really kind of making sure one that you create and cultivate the space for yourself that really feeds off your personality and who you are. If you love being around people and you're ditching a corporate career to go into a solopreneurship to start, figure out ways in which you can engage with other people, whether that's a co-working space or giving yourself some time to be around other people, right? And for me, just the nature of the business, what it was, and then as we grew, it got way better. And so I just, again, want to, you know, kind of reiterate these things, because I just think it's so helpful. Like, I just didn't realize the lack of connection and the lack of like having people to work with and chat with throughout the day, how much that would impact me. And so now I really make sure that I cultivate like networking or connecting online, because I do work from home a lot, that I really want to still have that connection and not be disconnected from people I also get so much energy and vibe from being around people. And so I started to like almost isolate myself. And I didn't even really know that I was doing it, right? Like, I didn't really want to go out. I didn't want to see friends, right? That's part of that, like melancholy and sort of depressive state when you're in that because you don't realize that it's actually you're craving to be around people. But you're depressed at the situation you're in because you're it is so quiet. It was so quiet in there. I remember like, you know, all these thoughts sort of going through my head. I was crushing Netflix series just to keep myself sort of like motivated. I know I want to say the World Cup was that year or maybe it was the Olympics. I can't remember. World Cup, I think. It would have been the Olympics, I think, because the Olympics were supposed to be last summer. Were they? I can't remember. Anyways, doesn't matter. There was a soccer competition on. So I remember having like my computer up and live streaming games and stuff just to stay, you know, kind of motivated and connected and just kind of pass the time. And so someone like me, who also loves to be sort of busy and active and creating things, it was also really difficult as well, because I wanted to. So 
just kind of knowing that there's going to be this transition period, if you can give yourself transition period, or if you can get really sort of clear on like, okay, I know I need people. So I'm going to integrate that into my calendar, you know, or integrate that into what I do. Maybe I invite friends, you know, if you own a brick and mortar, and it's a, it's slow, you know, asking friends to stop by or hang out or closing the store for like 15 minutes and going for a walk, right? Again, you know, all those sorts of things is like really creating the environment and space, because that's the one thing I realized is that my environment and the space I'm in is so, so powerful, right? I always think like, probably maybe wasn't corporate per se, that I hated so much, but it was the environment, that structure, right? That, you know, what felt like constricting, I didn't hate the work, let's say, but it was the structure and the environment that I just didn't jive with, right? Going to work and having to stay there for eight hours, even though maybe you got your work done in five, right? It just, the work had purpose. Every organization I worked for was like a foundation or they were doing great causes, right? But it was just that structure. And so what I've realized a lot in my own journey is like environment is huge for me. And so I have to really cultivate that. And that's my responsibility to cultivate and my responsibility really to cultivate the freedom, right? So even now, having transitioned full time into my online business, I block off days in my day so that I can write or be in my creative flow or go to the gym, right? So I've done that now for the last like four or five months where I've like every day at one o'clock, I head down, hired a personal trainer and I go down and leave the house, right? Which is so, so important to me rather than just always being in the same space and then going to the living room or going in the backyard to work out, right? Like I need that human interaction. And so for me, that's really, 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 really important. And so it's, again, kind of doing an assessment of like, what does my dream environment look like? What my dream day look like? And if you find it hard to sort of envision, I totally get that. I mean, I did as well when I was started, because you just don't really know. But over time, I started to really realize what I really need to sort of like cultivate the environment that I want to be in, because the environment to me plays a massive role in my own well being and mental health, as well as like how productive and whatnot I am. And then really getting clear again on that success, right? What does that success look like? And why is it, you know, why am I doing the thing I'm doing? Because at the end of the day, I'm such a proponent of like, you know, really kind of savoring the moments that I think we get so, you know, entrenched in just doing, 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 go, 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 that we like, stop to forget sort of like the moments that are so important. And this, again, plays a big, big role in like the transitioning out is like being grateful for what we do have and being grateful for the things, you know, that the business is giving us, right. And it was me, I remember it was two years in and I was talking to a mentor of mine, I was just like, you know, this, people lied to me, they said entrepreneurship is all full of freedom. And like, I don't see freedom, I'm just like chained to a brick and mortar. And I remember him saying, well, is that true? And I was like, well, no, it's not 100% true. And he's like, well, what does freedom mean to you? And I was like, just being able to like, go get grab lunch, if I feel like it, or, you know, take the afternoon off and get a pedicure. And the one of the biggest questions he said to me, and, and it was such a profound, such a simple, but profound question was, how can you cultivate freedom in your day, even though you're in the current circumstance that you're in. And that like literally blew my mind because there were things throughout the day, like I could put up a 15 minute sign or I could, you know, if I felt like it, take an afternoon off if I wanted to, you know, if you tuned into the episode number six, you know, me shared that about her brick and mortar and she was doing things that were unheard of in her brick and mortar, right? And so if you have a brick and mortar or you have a service-based business or you're online or e-commerce, whatever it might be, you get to set the rules. 
And we often think, well, if I close for this period of time, or if I do this or apply this, my business is going to fall apart. If I'm not working every single day, my business is going to fall apart. And that just isn't the truth, right? And you know, the whole transitioning period is I do believe we just don't give ourselves enough of that period. I don't think that we give ourselves enough time to sort of the grace even in it of the uncomfortableness of it or the uncertainty or the anxiety, right? I remember thinking like, what's wrong with me? And I would wake up in the morning, I'd sit in the tub. And I'd literally sit there until I had to go to the brick and mortar. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, I thought this was the decision I wanted. But I think what I realized was a huge part of my identity had shifted. And a huge part of my identity had changed. And I wasn't giving myself the space to like, be okay with that and and to change that. And I knew I was never going to go back to corporate, like I knew that, right. And so one of the things, you know, I invite you to do is like, if you're kind of like hovering, like, do I quit my job? Or do I not quit my job is like, thinking about or how do I do this? And and all of that is, um, you know, do you have an inkling of going back to corporate? Because I know a lot of people say, well, if I leave, I lose all my seniority and I lose all these things. Blah, blah, blah. And that to me is like, kind of a sign that you're not like 100% certain that this is going to work or this is the path for you. And that's another big one, right? It's like getting really grounded in that, like, am I going into entrepreneurship? because of what? And and am I still using my corporate career as a backup plan? For me, I knew I had to make the leap full time. And this is another sort of big learning from that whole creating this space, right? I'm all about creating the space in order to create the abundance and the success and the wealth in your life is like, you have to give yourself the space to do that. And so eventually you could some people can build this successful side hustle on the side and get enough money to then quit their corporate and yada, yada, yada. And then there's lots of people that can't do that, right? They've got this corporate life or they got this life that's super busy and they're trying to build a side hustle on the side and nothing's really happening. And it's because we don't have the space and we're operating from a state of burnout. And so nothing's really happening. And I knew that with my online business was I was building it on the side as an exit strategy in a lot of ways. That was two years into my brick and mortar. And while I made sales in my business, it wasn't sustainable by any stretch. I was making sales and I was selling out programs. I was doing really well and I was coaching and it was awesome. But I was also operating a really highly stressful, high labor uh, winemaking business that required a lot of my energy and effort. And so it wasn't until I sold that I really allowed myself to create the space to attract way more people into my business and do it in a sustainable way, right? And so sometimes when we're holding on to corporate and we've got this side hustle going, we have to let go of one, likely the corporate, if you want to see the other one grow, right? And so that's why setting yourself up, like having the money and having the stuff in place and a plan in place and knowing your costs and knowing what you need to sell in order to, you know, at least cover the costs for the first couple months as you're in that growing stage so that you're not operating from that place of lack and scarcity, right? And some of the biggest advice that like was so powerful for me, at least in the first year to two, as I transitioned and sort of like got my feet wet in entrepreneurship and really started to understand like, that my business wasn't going to fall apart if I wasn't working 24 seven, which is a big belief. And then it becomes like your baby, right? Lots of people say, well, it's my baby. And I've spent so many hours doing this. And, you know, if I step away and hire people, you know, it's going to crumble. And that really just isn't the case. And so the biggest advice was like to actually step away and let go and, and release grip, right? The release the control of what you think is going to, you know, if you don't do this, it's going to crumble or it's not going to be successful or you're not going to land the clients, right? 
it's releasing. The more you let go, the more you surrender to it. And the more you release the idea that you've got to do everything in your business, the more flow and energy you're going to get into. And that was a big one. And Michelle mentioned it on the episode six, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice was like, and she's been in business for pretty much 15 years now, but it was 10 years at the time when we opened. And probably within six months, she's like, you can't keep doing this. Like you can't keep running your business like this. You're just going to run yourself straight into the ground. And that's basically what I did. I mean, I didn't listen. I'm a bit stubborn in that regard, but I didn't listen. And it was her basically saying to me in that moment was like, hire somebody, even if it's for an hour and they come here to like sweep the floor, you know, especially if, somebody like me who loves to be around people. So it's like it keeps the day, you know, going and you have someone to talk to and there's, you know, the energy in the space, but also hire somebody that can man the store for a couple hours while you take a break. She's like, that was the best decision I ever made in my business was hiring somebody just to like relieve me for three hours so that I could just like go nap or go take the dogs for a walk or whatever. Right. And that, you know, didn't sink in right away for me. And I was kind of like, yeah, I get it, but I don't. You've been in business way longer. So you know, you can do these things now. But I think she hired, you know, I mean, she did work for two years, I think before kind of getting the help. But that's, you know, again, really big advice, powerful advice, but simple, you know, things that we don't really think about. And sometimes where we're gripping in our business is the very thing we need to let go of. And so it's like, you know, as you're building your side hustle, or you're thinking about ditching your corporate career, like I'm not all for like, just ditch it and figure it out, even though that's how I tend to operate in a lot of ways. But it works for me. But I've also in my head, somewhat already thought about it. You know what I'm saying? So like, when people say just jump, take action, just do it, don't be scared. Like, I just don't buy into that. Because I just think, yeah, I contemplated and thought about things and maybe not to the full degree that I wanted to. But I think it's it really does boil down to the type of person you are, the type of circumstances you're in. What what is what are your obligations because we all have them. Whether it's a mortgage, whether it's a dependent mother-in-law, whether it's kids, whether it's car payments, whatever it is, we have some type of obligation and that's you know get away from that, right? So you really being mindful of that and not putting, you know, all your faith in just jumping and hoping the net will appear because I just think that that analogy sets people up for failure for sure because it's not that easy. It's not you know, all those people that are saying that have done it because they're successful now and they probably don't remember all of the hurdles and obstacles that they went through. So no fault to them, but it's just, it's analogy. I get the idea. It's have the faith that things will work out. And while I do believe in that, I also come from a practical perspective where I'm like, well, like set yourself up for success. So if you know that you're the type of person that needs that planning and that dotted I's and slash T's, great, right? And just know that having that planning and that details and all of that doesn't make you bad. And the people that are just figuring stuff out and kind of fumbling their way through, it doesn't make them any better or bad either. Right. So it's just what works for you is the most important thing. And yeah, you know, again, more really good advice. The other big one is the whole notion that, you know, that you can do it better than anybody and you'll never find good people and all those sorts of things is just like, to me, a farce. We found we had the best employees and they all came from our client base, right? They all came in being like, it looks like a fun place to work. So if you've created that environment that's welcoming and warm and people are like, yeah, I want to work for you, you know, you're going to get and attract good people. But if you believe and go into it that there's no one out there that can help you, those are the types of people you're going to help is people that aren't going to be able to help you because you just will never see the 
possibility that they can. So I hope that, you know, my story and the transition, one last thing before I wrap up is I probably didn't feel like totally in my groove or my element in my brick and mortar for about six to eight months. And when I tell people that they're like, oh, thank you for sharing that because I didn't feel like that either. I didn't, I didn't really feel like I was like in my groove and in my flow, the online business totally different. I felt sort of quite in flow right out of the gate, but there was a period of anxiety when I transitioned the business over. I was like, okay, I'm going all in on this online business and, you know, serving my clients and doing all those sorts of things. And like, what happens if it doesn't work out? And I had that inkling of anxiety, but I released that because I knew that if I spent my time worrying about where my next client was going to come from, I wasn't going to have clients coming to me. So it really is all about, you know, releasing, surrendering, and it's really easier said than done. I know it is. But the minute you feel like you're gripping or forcing or things aren't working, anytime you kind of identify like, well, that's not working. Why isn't it working? My biggest suggestion is just like to pause and not to try and figure it out in your logical mind, but to just sort of sit and pause. And so yeah, that really is sort of like my transition. And then yeah, eight months in really felt sort of grounded in my shoes, even though I knew like, is this, this probably isn't for me. But yeah, and then really, you know, like giving yourself like the freedom and the grace to like make mistakes and mess things up and to like, totally do things. And I call like the messy action, which is totally what I do. And this podcast launch is like a really good example. I have really good frameworks and a really good mentor, like setting me up for success, but like, I've never done this before. So I'm learning as I go and I'm figuring things out and being like, well, that probably won't do that again. Or I want to change things here and change things there. And that's the beauty of being your own boss and being able to do what you want is like figuring out what works for you and knowing that, when you feel like things aren't working, you get to change them, right? You have the freedom to change them. It's not like you have to stay stuck doing the thing because it's going to wreck your business or or whatever. So I think, yeah, the biggest takeaway for me was like setting myself up for success by relieving as much pressure as possible, especially around the obligations that I was, you know, meant to have. And then obviously, you know, all of the other things that come, logistical and practical things that come with any sort of transition or setting up a business, right? And launching a business, right? All the things that come, just make sure that you've got, you know, really good accounting support, might need a lawyer, like all of the things, like hire the expertise that you need to hire. Don't be afraid of not hiring the right people. My father's an accountant and we spent eight months, I think, trying to do our own books because we were like, we're saving money. When we submitted our year end, my brother who works for him as well said, oh, this isn't really how we get the stuff. And I was like, what? I thought we did a really good job. Well, we didn't know what we were doing. And so it ended up costing way more money in the long run because we gave a mess to them. We dumped a mess on their desk and said, oh, we thought we were doing really good bookkeeping. So that was eight months again of like not hiring the expertise we needed. And then we hired a bookkeeper because it was just like, why would we fumble through this and then have to pay this really big accounting bill at the end because we did everything not right. Right. So it's like identifying in your business where you're not the expert, like accounting, maybe it's marketing, law, whatever it is. And like, just hire the people and pay the money to do it because you'll end up paying a lot of cleanup costs in the aftermath. So just want to leave that with you. Hopefully this has been helpful. Hopefully this is 
you know, a bit more of my story and that transition and what it looked like for me and what I've learned from it, what I wish I would have done differently. Um, and if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at Creatively Owned on Facebook, Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn as well at Catherine Thompson. Please reach out, ask me any questions. If you want me to elaborate on anything, I'm happy to do so. Cheers. I love reflecting back on how I transitioned out of corporate life into running my own business. I forgot about some of the things that, you know, I was going through at the time and some of the things that I struggled with and some of the things I think I did really well. And I always discover new things when I sit and sort of contemplate and reflect. They always say that hindsight is 2020, right? So thank you, Ravina, for submitting that question. Now, if you want me to discuss a specific topic on the podcast, click the link in the show notes to submit your topic ideas. I'm not going to promise I'm going to cover every topic. I really only share the topics or take on the topics that speak to me, that are intentional, and that I've either experienced and learned from, right? I think it's so important. I can talk about a lot of things, but I really think it's important that I share from my own lived experience because I feel like that's the most impactful way in which we can really share our stories with our audience, right? And don't forget to rate and review the show as each week I'm going to shout out a listener of the week and that can be you. One more thing not to forget. I know I'm throwing a lot of things at you not to forget, but please don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss our weekly episodes that are dropped every Tuesday. In the next episode, I'm going to share with you three easy ways to simplify your content creation process. You might be thinking there is no such thing, but I promise you the content creation process can be super, super simple. We just love to overcomplicate things. So be sure to tune in if your content creation process is non-existent or sounds like this. You feel pressured to create content and when you sit down to write it, it feels forced. You're wanting to perfect it. You're not really sure what to say or how to say it, right? So you're overthinking all of the things to say. You want it to be really good, but you just don't know how to make it so. So you scroll on social media for hours, maybe, maybe not hours, but maybe a while for inspiration. You're seeking out information in the outside world, but then everything starts to kind of discourage you because you start to compare yourself to everybody else. You look at their stuff. You think their content's so great. Their image is so great. And you go down this spiral of comparison, right? And you start comparing yourself to everyone else. You end up just really posting content on the fly with no real intention. I call this the winging method. This sounds like you. Be sure to tune in to episode number eight so I can share with you the three ways to simplify that content creation process so you become a content creating machine. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. You can also find us on social media at Creatively Owned and online at creativelyowned.com. Until next time, keep showing up as your authentic self.